to my love letter time machine. Hi, I'm Ingrid Birchall-Hughes and I'm serialising the love letters of my great-great-grandparents, Fred Shepherd and Janie Warburton. Travel 140 years back in time with me now, where we take a look at Victorian history through their eyes. And today, Fred seems to have convinced himself that a baby is on the way and we go on a little picnic with Janie. Last week, it was evident that Janie was more than a little lost on her return home after such a nice time with Fred. Her mood continues to be a little low, and the pair of them start talking about how a possible baby on the way might impact the date for their wedding. But first, Janie paints us a tantalising picture of a Victorian working-class picnic. She and her cousin Ginny and their friends appear to have gone to Bowden Housted's Woods. These were, and still are, ancient woodlands to the west of Hansworth. Today, the woodland has been sliced into three sections by dual carriageways and housing development hugs up against the woods on all sides. The fact that most of the woodland is still there is a bit of a miracle and, along with the neighbouring Carbrook Ravine, is now a nature reserve. But back in Janie's day, it was only bisected with a few tracks and trails, in particular a handy shortcut that connected Hansworth to Darnall. You might remember that this is where Fred and Janie first met each other, almost exactly four years prior to the date of this next letter. Hansworth, July the 15th, 1882. My own darling husband, I received your very welcome letter this morning, for which I thank you, love. I do not feel quite as miserable today. I must not feel so. Now the glorious future with you is so near. I shall be thankful, darling, when the time comes. It will be happiness to be always together, love, and only you to be nasty with me. I do not mind you a bit, love. I shall kiss your nastiness away if I ever see it coming on. Mother did receive your letter, but she's not mentioned it at all. I asked your mother if she had brought her light shoes to dance, but she had not, so of course she did not dance. Ginny Reckless and Emma Gill came up to our house on Thursday purposely to ask me to go in the wood for a picnic, so I could not very well get out of it, and being Ginny's last week too. These were the people that were there. Mr and Mrs Gill, Emma Gill, Furleys, Mrs Rennie, Annie Gill, Ellen Stanniforth, Mr and Mrs Foss, Annie Rennie, Little Rennies, Cousin Mary, Little Gills, Maria, Ginny, David Craven, N. Avery and George Jackson. We had a very nice tea on a piece of grass in front of the woodsman's house. The woodsman's wife boiled hot water for us at two pence a head. We did not have to sit on the grass to have tea. We borrowed two tables, which was more comfortable. I did wish you could have been there, darling. Then we could have had such a nice ramble in the wood and we should have enjoyed ourselves. But I do not half enjoy anything without you, love. They fixed up a swing... I did not swing, love. I can't do with it at all. Besides, I did not care to expose my small seventeens to anybody but you. I got some very nice fern roots for our back garden under the hedge. It was a lovely day. If you had been there, it would have been everything that is nice. 
but I cannot help feeling rather miserable without, darling. Ellen, Stannyforth and I came home together. The rest were in front. And Ginny and David we lost, so we don't know where they got to. Ginny and David are engaged, I heard last night. He has bought her a ring. I think it is diamonds and pearls, but she has not said anything to me yet, or shown me the ring, and I did not notice whether she had it on on Thursday at our house. I do feel sorry if it is the case, for I think I dislike him more every time I see him. Ginny has always said that she did not care for him at all, but I think she has always cared for him, but felt rather ashamed of his height. They were very loving yesterday. It began to rain as we were coming home, and rained until I got to our house, which rather spoiled the little pleasure I had. I came up with Polly Corbett. Have you last week's supplement yet? Ours has got torn up. If you have, will you please send it for me, darling, as I did not finish reading it. We were just having our walk round Middlesbrough last week at this time. I wish I was there now, love. I am sorry I came away before yesterday, but I shall be with you very soon, darling, and then there will be no parting to torment us. About the cake boxes and cards, love, I think you will know best who we are to send them to. To the ordinary people, we shall not send cards, love. You can just say in your next letter, love, who you think we should have to send them to. And then if there is anybody else I think of, I will tell you. I wish we were nicely settled down, love. I am going to begin sewing on Monday with a vengeance. I intend getting a lot done before our feast. I have not told mother yet when the great day is to come off, but shall do so soon. Hansworth cricketers are playing a match against Oak Street. I expect they will be here directly. I hope the unsettled feeling has gone off a bit, love. I wish I could just pop over for tomorrow. Then we would have a glorious walk in the park and sit in our favourite seat and watch the swans. I feel wretched miserable, love, Sunday coming on and knowing I shall not see you. I feel worse than ever this time. Oh, darling, I must not get downhearted. That will never do but I just feel as if a good cry will do me good. I will not give way, love. There is a happy time coming, and I will look forward to it and try to make the best of the present. But, love, it does seem hard to be away from you, my own husband. Our house seems more miserable after our happy time, but I shall not have long to stop now, love, before I am your happy, true and loving wife. I do love you, my darling, as much as it is possible for anyone to love. You are everything to me. We are all in all to each other. I was looking today at the views you sent me of Redcar and Saltburn. I did wish you and I was there, darling. I wish we could manage a few days there, love, for our honeymoon. You must remember me very kindly to Mrs Gordon, Betty, and Mrs Gordon's sister-in-law, and all other inquiring friends. Post-time. I remain. My darling husband. Your loving, true and faithful wife, till death us do part. Janie. Janie mentioning the little detail about gathering fern roots reminded me that the Victorians were obsessed with fern collecting. Over the course of the 19th century, Fern collecting became not just something that the rich did on their overseas travels, but something that the rest of society did on picnics and walks. Fern designs were ubiquitous in wallpaper designs, fabric patterns and ceramics, and the ferns themselves were grown in ferneries or in fern cases in the grand houses. Janie wanting to plant some under the hedge in her family back garden 
the year she knows she is leaving, is one of those frustrating little details. Was she that into ferns and was hoping to take them with her? Or did she just actively love gardening? I wish I knew more. In this next letter from Fred, he remarks on Ginny Reckless's reluctance to show off her ring and wonders if it is because it is too fancy for ordinary folk. Given we know that David Craven can pull a fast one, I'm thinking back to him cheating Henry Reckless, Ginny's brother, out of that canary, is something not quite right about the ring, and Ginny knows. I wonder if there is, and David has told Ginny not to say anything. Albert Terrace, Linthorpe Road, Middlesbrough, July the 16th, 1882. My own darling wife, I received your welcome letter this morning for which I thank you very much. I'm glad you do not feel quite as miserable love as you did. You must not give way to it, my darling, because it will not be long now before we are one. I am glad you had such a nice picnic, love. I wish I could have been there with you. We should have enjoyed it. I am pleased that you did not swing, as I should not like anybody but myself to see your small seventeens, love. I hope that your news about Ginny and David being engaged is not true, love, for Ginny's sake, as I do not think he will stick very closely to her, even if they were formally engaged. And then besides, I think that the Craven family would have a good deal to say about it, and I should think forbid it. It is strange she did not show you the ring, as I should have thought you would have been the first she would have shown it to. Diamonds and pearls are rather too much, aren't they, for ordinary people? I will send you last week's supplement, love, with pleasure. Of course, you scarcely had time to read it last week as we were so busy. The football club sports came off yesterday. Tom and I went. They were very good. There were not very many there, as a tremendous thunderstorm came on about two o'clock, which kept the people away. It cleared off wonderfully afterwards and was quite hot in the afternoon. My darling, I was thinking last night the same as you, of the previous Saturday night. I did feel lonely, wifey without you, and today as well. It seems a month since last Monday. I think it has been the longest week on record. I will think over the people to send the cake boxes and cards to, love, and let you know. You must begin sewing next week, love, if you mean to get finished, as it may come off in September, you know. It is four weeks tomorrow since the last monthly, love, if you have forgotten it. Do you think you will be all right? Have you got to know yet, love, whether it shows at three months' end or not. If it does, and you are not all right this month, I suppose we shall have to get married in September, love, instead of November. I do not feel quite so unsettled, love, as I did at first, but I wish you could just be here for today. It was so nice last Sunday, darling, to have a walk in the park and watch the swans. But we will have lots of walks, love, in the park when you come here. Did they feel sufficiently interested in Middlesbrough, love? to ask you how you liked the place and what sort of place it was. You must not think too much, darling, of me being away, for it is the best you know, and we are looking forward to a very happy time. I know and feel that it is very hard to be parted, my darling, but it will not be for long now before we are joined together, you and I, and I know you love me, darling, more than ever, as I love you. You know, wifey, that life is not all sunshine, and it is the shadows that make us enjoy the sunshine. That is, when we are together, we feel amply repaid for the separation, and those make the best even of a bad outlook. Besides, my darling, 
Our previous experience has taught us that what seems most disheartening is often for the best, and perhaps it may be a wise provision of providence that you should have such an unhappy time at home, and that we should be parted, to enable us to appreciate truly and value the happiness which we expect will be ours in the future. I know it has made us value our loving companionship before, my darling, so do not get downhearted, darling. Remember that, as the day, so shall your strength be. I don't know whether we shall be able to manage a few days at Saltburn, love, for our honeymoon. I should like it very much, love, but I suppose it would cost money, and we shall not have very much to spare just then, my darling. I enclose you a copy of the estimate we made out, darling, on that happy Saturday night we inspected the furniture. I will remember you to Mrs Gordon, etc., who have asked very kindly after you. You seem to have made a decided impression upon them all, darling, which, of course, I thought you would. Mr Banks has just remarked that he will now sing you a love song, which remark I think you have heard before. I have just remembered that your John promised me one of his photos when I was over. Would you kindly remind him, darling, that he has not yet let me have it? We shall have holiday, I expect, on August the 7th, being bank holiday. Would it be better to come over then, love, or shall we leave it until September as we had arranged? I do not fancy holiday very much unless you are with me, darling. I remain, my darling wife, your loving, true and faithful husband, till death us do part. Fred Hansworth, July the 17th, 1882. My own darling husband, I received your loving letter this morning for which I thank you very much. I feel in much better spirits today. I will not give away any more love, if possible. I know we shall be together very soon. I must bear my little cares cheerfully and not get downhearted. I know it is for the best, darling, that you are away, but the last weekend seemed such a change from the happy week with you but I will look forward to the happy future when we are husband and wife. We are amply repaid for the separation, love, when we are together. I do know, darling, that life is not all sunshine, and that it is the shadows that make us enjoy the sunshine, and we cannot always expect to have all sunshine, even you and I. So I must face the shadows bravely, darling, because I want to be your cheerful little wife, darling, and always look at everything on the bright side. Mother has gone to Sheffield today to see Polly, so I am barmaid. Our Emma is upstairs sewing. I went down to Ellen Staniforth to tea yesterday. Dinny was to be there. I went down about three o'clock and just got in before a very heavy shower came on. Ginny did not come until after tea. Willie Rennie and George Jackson called at their house to shelter and stopped to tea, so she had to get it ready for them. We all went to church in the evening and I heard the new curate. He preached a splendid sermon, and then we went down to Mrs Gill's. Ellen Staniforth left us to go for a walk with a young fellow that works at Brown Bailey's and Dixon's. I forgot what she said his name was. He was a friend of Joe Gill's. After we had been at Gill's a while, David Craven, Willie Rennie, George Jackson, and Henry Reckless came in. Emma and Ginny promised to go up with me if I would go down there. David left early, so Ginny, Emma... Willie, 
George and Henry walked up with me as far as Park Lane. It is rather strange that Ginny has not said anything to me about the ring, because I am generally the first that she tells anything to. I think it is because she has always told me that she did not care for David. I think I shall be all right tomorrow or in a day or two, but I shall soon be able to tell you, love. I have looked in my advice book, and it says that the quickening generally occurs about the completion of the fourth calendar month, and sometimes as early as the third month and as late as the fifth, and it is then when it begins to show. I suppose we should have to be married in September, love, if I am not all right. Instead of October, you said, not November. They asked me what Middlesbrough was like. They did feel sufficiently interested for that. Thank you, love, for the list of furniture we inspected that happy Saturday night. I am glad I made a decided impression on them all at Middlesbrough, love, and that you feel quite satisfied with your happy wife that is to be. I have heard Mr Banks remark about the love song, but never heard him sing it. Does the senior partner prepare to bash it out yet? I told Arjun about the promise photo, and he said he had not got one of yours. I do think you had better come on August 7th, love. That is three weeks today. It would be better than September, as we arranged, as you would have an extra day with me, because you would have to got back on the Monday morning if you came in September. So come on August the 7th, darling. I have been thinking, love, that you might get a tall hat in Sheffield on the Saturday night if you like, and then you would have it for Sunday. I would carry it from Sheffield for you if you do not care about carrying it and then you might put it on to go back in and have your travelling cap in your pocket so that when you got in the train you could take off your tall one and put it on the shelf and be comfortable. The other one that you come in would wrap in a very small parcel. Shall you buy the ring then, love? Shall you be able to manage it so soon? I have not been able to do much sewing today with mother being out. There has been such a lot of folks in and out but I have done a little. I shall try to get as much done as possible this month and next before the feast. We have a club feast on Saturday next and I believe we shall have another dinner very soon, but I hope not. I have not time for more today, love. I remain till death us do part. Your loving, true and faithful wife, Janie. Royal Exchange, Middlesbrough. The North Eastern Steel Company Limited, July the 18th, 1882. My own darling wife, I received your welcome letter this morning, love, for which I thank you. I am very pleased that you feel in a little better spirits than you did, wifey. I suppose it would be the contrast between the miserable time you spent here and the intense happiness you have at home, love. That would do it. I thought my brave little darling would see the advantage of looking on the brightest side. I shall expect my little wifey to help me fight bravely the battle of life, and I will do my best to help her do the same. I wish I could have gone with you to Darnell Church, love, to hear the new curate. I should have enjoyed it, and also the walk home afterwards, but it wasn't so. I am sorry to say I have not attended church as regularly as I used to, love. I want you here, darling, to help me to be better, and to keep me right. Will you undertake the duty and responsibility, wifey, forever? With reference to the great day, love, if the quickening occurs at the end of the fourth month, we could run it until October in any case, as that would only be three, but I will leave that to you, darling, to decide whether it is necessary or not as you think fit. 
Do you think we shall want more than two dozen cake boxes, love? I have ordered two dozen from Leeds today, and they will send them to your house in about a month from now. The traveller was here today, so I thought I would take the opportunity while I could personally, and I thought it would be no use for them to send them here. They might as well send them to Hansworth as not. Your John is mistaken about the photo, love. He has or had one of mine in his album when I looked at it last. We will consider it settled then, love, about my coming on August 7th. I think your suggestion a very good one about the tall hat, and shall be followed out. I do not see why we should not buy the ring then, love, as afterwards. It will make no difference, you know, as far as the value is concerned. And I do not feel afraid of you giving me up, thereby forfeiting it. I remain, my darling wife, your loving, true and faithful husband, Fred. Janie and Fred's discussion about the quickening in relation to the possibility of Janie being pregnant reminded me that in an era before pregnancy test, how much of a significant moment it was. After all, you can miss a period for all kinds of reasons, stress, illness, being underweight. To be quick is another word for being alive. And the first moments of being able to feel a foetus move was one of the few reliable signs that pregnancy had actually happened. There were all sorts of beliefs surrounding the moment of quickening, from the persistent idea that this was when the soul of a person actually entered the body, to unpleasant ramifications of when one could actually hang a woman if she were pregnant. The English jurist William Blackstone wrote in 1770, To be saved from the gallows, a woman must be quick with child, for barely with child, unless he be alive in the womb, is not sufficient. These days, feeling the baby kick for the first time has become less of a culturally significant milestone and more of an emotional one shared by parents and family. Janie and Fred, on the other hand, were expecting to plan the date of the wedding around the quickening. And I wonder how disappointed Fred felt when he got Janie's next letter. Hansworth, July the 19th, 1882. My own darling husband, I received your very welcome letter this morning. You deserve a good mark for the writing, love. It was the contrast between the very miserable time I spent with you and the intense happiness I have at home that made me feel so miserable last week, but I must try to bear everything bravely, darling, so that I can help you do the same through the battle of life, and I know you will help me. I wish you could have gone to Darnell Church with me, love. We should have enjoyed it and the walk home. Never mind, love. We shall be able to go to church when I get to Middlesbrough. I will try to help you do better and keep you right. I will undertake the responsibility, husband, forever, if it is in my power. And I think it is to a certain extent to keep you right. The usual monthly has come off this afternoon. I have not been quite so sick and not had quite so much pain this time but I've had to go to bed for an hour or two. I feel all right now. So, love, we shall not have to get married any sooner. I am pleased it is all right, because I should not like them to notice anything at home before. I think two dozen cake boxes will be quite sufficient, love. You did quite right to have them sent to our house, darling. It is a deal better than having them sent to you, as you would have to bring them over here, 
and it will save the trouble. How will they send them, love? I went down to see Annie Wortley yesterday. Mr Wortley is very poorly. They were in a fix when she got home. George Denton was poorly at Attercliffe. Clara had a sick headache. Little Katie had been put under the doctor all week. The servant had a toothache and the house half pulled out. They are making alterations. And Willie with his trousers torn. So you may be sure, love, they were glad to see her back again. I have not time for more. It is post time. I remain, my darling husband, your loving, true and faithful wife, Janie. P.S. I will give you a long one for Sunday. Oh, poor Janie. She's trying so hard, isn't she? Next week, we hear more about Janie and Fred's family planning, or rather lack of it, and we get to find out more about Fred's neck of the woods in Middlesbrough, and have a little look at the Victorian Parks movement. Thank you so much for listening to My Love Letter Time Machine. I'd very much like to share Fred and Janie's story with more people, so if you haven't already, can I ask you to share this podcast with someone you think might enjoy it? You can also find excerpts of Fred and Janie's letters on Instagram at My Love Letter Time Machine, or one word. And you can write to me at My Love Letter Time Machine at gmail.com. Until next time, take care.